I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome in. What's right with Nick Wright? Episode 205. Massive show today. Gambling show coming off back-to-back winning weeks, which against all odds gives us a legit shot at finishing the regular season at or above 500, depending on how we do in week 17. We might have a special guest in the final block of the show. It is a huge time of year. We have a ton to get to, including something that, honest to God, I resent that I have to talk about off the top of the show, but we'll do it all the same. First, here's what missed the sh- missed the cut for today's show. Not on today's show is all the quarterbacks resting Sunday. Caitlin Clark I, I gets a 40-piece, including a game winner. She is one of the most entertaining athletes to watch across all of sports right now. And Sean Evans from Hot Ones, Demonze is looking for new guests. If this is the producers trying to ask me if I would be interested, you're damn straight I'd be interested. I'd love to go on Hot Ones with Sean Evans. I don't think I am, well, to be honest, I don't think I'm famous enough to warrant the invite, but if Sean Evans invited me on Hot Ones, I would be thrilled to go on it. I think that would be super fun. I also think he low-key is one of the most effective interviewers uh, in media today. I think he does a great job. You, Demonze, did a great job on Tuesday. I thought Tuesday was one of our best shows, so props to you. It's good to see you. you. Uh, and go ahead and get us started today, if you would. Yeah, so Aaron Rodgers went on Pat McAfee's show and uh, made some comments. Uh, what are, What is yeah. your takeaway from the situation? Yeah, so this is the part that I resent that I that that we're talking about, but I I think we've kind of missed in the 48 hours since this happened the actual story here. And I'm going to take some time on this, okay? So so Aaron Rodgers went on McAfee's show. They were talking conspiracy theories that he may or may not believe because he brought up the Super Bowl logo color scheme conspiracy theory that is very popular amongst the dumbest people on the internet. And McAfee hadn't heard of it. Some of McAfee's producers hasn't. If you look at the logos of the last three Super Bowls, they line up with the team colors that played in those Super Bowls. And this year's logo has a purple and a red. The two best teams are Ravens and Niners. And Rogers said, seemingly seriously, I just know next year's logo better have jet green in it. And then for reasons I don't totally understand, A.J. Hawk brings up the Epstein list that people thought was going to be released today or this week. 
it, when it was really just more redacted documents, there were going to be some names, but the idea that it was going to be a itemized person-by-person -person list was never really accurate if you actually followed any of the information, the actual information. And Rogers said, uh, essentially implied, I should say, to the layperson that Jimmy Kimmel, who works for the same company, is nervous about this list coming out. And so now I have to take a hundred steps back on a sports talk show that I do with my son from my wife's store where sometimes we put on wizard outfits and draw on whiteboards and give you the world's worst teasers, my picks, it's yell about Brock Purdy, we do all this, and now I have to give some context to a sports story that involves discussing sexual abuse of children. That's the position we're in. So, just the very too long didn't read Jeffrey Epstein, Jeffrey Epstein, disgraced, now dead, sexual predator, super wealthy financier who seemed to have incredibly powerful, famous friends. Two of our living ex-presidents had some enough connection with them to where there's a lot of there's photographs of them hanging out together. What Clinton and Trump, the the, the a prince in England had a large connection to him, and it would appear. And I, you know, I don't even think I would have to say it has to, it would appear, because the guy was convicted and then died in prison, that Jeffrey Epstein systematically, over the course of years, sexually abused high school age girls. And many of his famous friends, it this part I should say it should, would appear, engaged in similar, illegal, despicable, reprehensible acts. Epstein, after a long time, was finally convicted and then died in prison under what I think most people, you don't have to be a full-blown conspiracy theorist to say, is odd circumstances. Guy was on suicide watch, managed to reportedly commit suicide, and the cameras weren't working, the guard wasn't there, and a lot of, hmm, that seems odd. That's the context. And at some point in the relative recent history, the, the Epstein list has been used as a cudgel to attack people you don't like, which in my opinion is weaponizing the sexual abuse of children for your own personal gains. At no point... I shouldn't say at no point. At some point, the focus of 
anything involving Jeffrey Epstein moved off of the dozens of young girls whose lives were irrevocably altered at the hands of the abuse of wealthy, powerful men and women in some cases. And instead of that being the focus, the focus shifted to a way to almost make it a synonym for, I don't like you, I don't trust you, you're a bad guy. And it's just thrown about flippantly. And that then brings us, now that we've given the background, to what Rogers did on McAfee's show. And now there's going to be, there's there's three possible outcomes for how Rogers will address this. Outcome one is the most likely. He won't. Outcome two is the most cowardly. And he might. He might go on McAfee's show and say, oh, I wasn't saying Jimmy Kimmel was on the list. I was saying that Kimmel, who had mocked me for bringing up the Epstein... I have to give a little more background, so I apologize. I interrupted myself. Um, About eight months ago on McAfee, Rogers was asked about the congressional hearings on aliens, which we had some fun on this show about. And Rogers just threw out there, he finds the timing odd because that was another time when he thought the Epstein list was coming out and he thought it was a big psyop where the government was putting this out there, the aliens, to distract us from the Epstein list. And Jimmy Kimmel made fun of him for it. So, to go back, there's three possible roads Rogers could walk down now. One is, just ignore it. The other is to say, no, no, no. I wasn't saying he's on the list. I was just saying he made fun of me for saying the list existed and it was coming out. And now he's when it comes out, he's going to be nervous if it comes out because he's going to be proven wrong. It's that would be an obvious lie. It would be cowardly. I my guess is that's the road he takes. The third one is to double down. Well, I stand by it. I think based on nothing whatsoever that Jimmy Kimmel might have engaged in child sexual abuse. Okay. The conversation surrounding this has been, oh man, Jimmy Kimmel works for Disney. McAfee works for Disney. Is this going to cause a problem for Bob Iger, the head of Disney, Jimmy Pataro, the head of ESPN? Is Kimmel going to put the screws? Because Kimmel, you could argue, is this their single most valuable front forward-facing employee. Guy hosts Late Night and the Oscars. And you have on your family of networks somebody accusing him of, I would argue, the single worst thing someone can be accused of. 
I think for many of us, being accused of sexually abusing children is more damning than, honest to God, being accused of murder. Honestly. I think there are people out there watching this, listening to this right now, that has someone in their life that might have killed somebody and they still consider them family or friend. I, I, I believe that to be true. I don't think there's anybody listening right now that has someone in their life that they, that they suspect sexually abuses children and they're still, you know, a part of their life. So I think it's the single most damning accusation you can make of another human being. So the story has been, how is this going to affect Macfisha? They're going to have to cut ties with Rogers. What What is Jimmy Kimmel going to do? That's not the story. That might be a sub story. That might be interesting in the media trades. The story is Aaron Rodgers, who is undeniably one of the most famous athletes in America today, arguably the single most powerful player in the single most powerful league we have, has crossed the Rubicon from wacky conspiracy theory guy to malignant force in the culture and nobody seems to have batted an eye. No, We are, if, if, if Steph Curry went on the Dan Patrick show and just casually said, you know, uh, implied that I mean, Julia Roberts murdered somebody and seemed serious about it. I don't think the story would be, is this going to affect Dan's relationships with Julia's movie studio? I think the story would be, what the hell happened to Steph Curry? But because Rogers has been slow dripping this, and while doing it, has gathered his own almost army of internet supporters, that this morning, I... I don't recommend you do this, but it's somewhat instructive. I I don't tweet that much anymore. I retweet clips of the show. I try to be lighthearted on there. I, I don't give a ton of opinion unless I'm watching live games. But I tweeted about this this morning. Partially because I wanted to and partially as a social experiment. And if you check the replies to the handful of tweets I sent, what you're going to see is people calling me a pedophile. People saying, I'm nervous about the Epstein list. And 
Rodgers has become the voice in the sports world of some of the most deranged, unhinged people in our populace. And they they often like to, and Rogers is one of these people, like to pretend that this is a vax anti-vax thing. It flatly is not. As I mentioned on television, I will mention again. Nobody Kirk Cousins didn't get vaxxed. Nobody cares. I don't I'm not certain, but I think Lamar Jackson didn't get vaxxed. Nobody cares. That is whether or not the you chose to get the COVID vaccine is your own personal decision. And it is a cop-out, in my opinion, to then use that decision as a shield against any future criticism you get as a way to be like, no, 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 the only reason you don't like me, the only reason you're criticizing me is because you're because of my vac status. And Rogers said something the other day that went kind of by the wayside and I heard it, but I didn't know what it meant. So I Googled it and it was once again, when he was, it was when he was saying everyone's mad at him about his vac status and you should have to disclose your vac status before you, uh, criticize him and he said it's because I took on the alphabet mafia and the pharmaceutical industrial complex and I had never heard the term alphabet mafia so I googled it so alphabet mafia is about and you know what I, I I'll read it exact alphabet mafia meaning uh at least this is this is what the internet tells me it means. Um, it's about the LGBTQ community. And it's about folks, I think it's got a relation to pronouns and the fact that LGBTQ now has even more letters with it. That LGBTQIA+. So here's why that was noteworthy to me. That Rogers threw that out there. I do. I obviously am very highly critical of Aaron and this person he's become. I would bet my life he's not homophobic. I'm very confident in that. So I think he used that term not knowing what it meant. It was just, he is so deep in the the 
toxic internet brain vortex that it got lumped in with the mass delusion psychosis he talks about and the Super Bowl logo memes and the the debate me bro to Fauci and the Epstein list. It all is just one stew of a brain that's been melted. And so now he's throwing out terms that not only have nothing to do with the, the pharmaceutical industry, but that also I think if he knew what they meant, would disavow. I think Aaron's a lot of things. I think judgmental of what people do privately, sexually is not one of them. And yet it got, it, it, it just spilled out of his mouth. Like so much of this other toxic bullshit that has a platform nearly an hour a week to spew for folks that otherwise I don't think are looking for it. It's you you're not going to Alex Jones's YouTube channel if that exists anymore. You're 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 watching you are you have sports TV on in the background and and you were flipping between Stephen A and Skip and then you, you you have Colin on he goes to commercial what's McAfee talking about and all of a sudden you're hearing about the Epstein list and Jimmy Kimmel. And we've all become numb to the fact of who is saying it and what he's saying. And that there, there was just flatly one of the greatest players we've ever seen in America's favorite sport who plays in the biggest market, who has a bigger platform than any other player in the league, more power over his team than any other player in the league. That guy went on national television and casually threw out there to millions of people, hey, this guy that I don't like, probably a pedophile. That's what fucking happened. And now t- this morning, when some of those Epstein docs were unredacted and released, what you have in the same corners of the internet are folks photoshopping documents, putting Jimmy Kimmel's name in them, and saying Aaron was right. That is happening this morning already. And so when I tweet, he's gone from wacky conspiracists to malignant, dangerous force. I mean it. The idea that there aren't real world consequences, because again, I want to be very clear on the allegation here. And I hate that we're talking about this. But because now, God dog it, now I have to talk about Pizzagate for a moment. There was this same insane corner of the internet was pretty convinced a pizza shop in Washington, D.C. had a basement where children were ritualistically sexually abused and that Hillary Clinton was involved. 
I know it sounds crazy. I know it sounds like, what are you talking about? Except for the fact that a guy drove three hours from his home to the pizza shop with a rifle, came inside, and demanded to see the basement. Because if you truly believe these things are happening, you're almost obligated to do something like that. That's where the danger comes in. And McAfee can say we were shit talking, we're just guys, locker room talk, all this. If you truly believe children are being abused, can someone blame you? If you're like, you know what, God dog it, I'm going to stop this. Of course not. And so when Jimmy Kimmel says, you put my family in danger, he's not wrong. He's not. And when, and when you try to hide behind, oh, we're bleep talking, I, it is not saying his show sucks. It's not saying it should be canceled. It's not saying he's not funny. You are levying the single most damning accusation you can levy against another human being. You're doing it either because your brain is so rotted from your own YouTube algorithm, you believe it, or because, you know what? I don't like that guy. He made fun of me, and I'm going to sick my corner of the internet on him. I don't know what's worse. I do know that's the story. Either Aaron Rodgers will believe anything. He wasn't joking about the NFL, the sport. He's damn near the face of being rigged. And you. And by the way, they give a little wink and a nod to rigging it by having the Super Bowl teams be the color scheme of the Super Bowl logo nine months ahead of time, which would, which is such a objectively silly conspiracy theory, you could dismiss it. But either the brain is so rotted, I think that's real. I think that's happening. Or so cavalier. Nah, I don't believe it, but I know this will make his day shitty. Nah, I don't believe it, but what are you going to do to me, pal? I don't know which is worse. I do know that it's not going away and it's only ramping up. And here is now what happens. If the plug gets pulled on this interview, then guess what? Oh my God. Cancel culture. Run amok. Can't even joke around with your buddies without the powers that be censoring you. And if it doesn't, then it will just continue unabated. And so, I am... I, I, I do not want to be misunderstood here, okay? I don't think this is funny. I don't think it's about 
the internal politics of Disney. And I don't, I don't really have that much ill will on this towards McAfee, who I think would greatly prefer that these things not happen. He has some ownership of it because it's happening on his show, but I, those are, that is not the, the issue here. The issue here is one of our most prominent voices in sports has become the face, the voice, and more importantly, the megaphone for any batshit crazy half-baked theory he stumbles across on the internet. And it unfortunately is a bit of a canary in the coal mine for what a lot of us are dealing with in our own personal lives with our own friends, family, or extended family. Someone who pre-pandemic was, you know, would maybe forward you every once in a while an Instagram video that was like, hey, could the earth be flat? At least worth, you know, watching this. Over the last four years has gone from, okay, I mean, what do you, really? Like, we're going to do this? To, no, you don't, what, what do you mean that they're not putting microchips in all of us to control how we think and what we do and what we buy and who we vote for? You haven't done the research and believe it down in the marrow of their bones. And it is in so many ways tearing us at the seams that hold us together as a population. And it's now getting featured. For an hour a week when you're trying to hear people argue about Brock Purdy. I don't know, man. It ain't good. I do know that. Quick break right back. What's right? Warmer, sunnier days are approaching, so fuel up for them with Factors No Prep no mess meals. Factor will help you meet your wellness goals just in time for summer thanks to a vast menu of chef-crafted, never-frozen meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. These fresh meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Variety? They have that. Factor has 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. 
Working on wellness goals? Factor has you covered with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. How do they taste? They're delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious, and delicious options. What about quality? Each Factor meal is restaurant quality with premium ingredients like filet mignon, blackened salmon, and shrimp. So start spending less time in the kitchen now because you don't have to shop, prep, cook or clean up make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine what are you waiting for head to factormeals.com slash nick right 50 and use code nick right 50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20 percent off your next month that's code nick right 50 at factormeals.com slash nick right 50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20 percent off your next month while your subscription is active what's up everyone it's nick Wright, and i got something exciting to talk to you about today angie your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back, and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless, from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Welcome back in What's Right with Nick Wright, episode 205. This episode's brought to you by U.S. Bank. Winter can be a drag. Thankfully, we have sports to get us through the early part of the year. And if you ask me, nothing goes together quite like food and sports, especially this time of year. We've got NFL playoffs and pro hoops. Me sitting on my couch until the temps are back in the 80s. And the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card provides the perfect way to earn rewards, whether watching your team with other super fans at a local eatery or in the comfort of your living room. Earn four times the points when you dine out or have food delivered. Maybe order a pizza and watch the big game on that big screen TV of yours. Plus, earn two times points at grocery stores, which is great if you're making a pot of chili, making some nachos before the game. And if you're willing to brave the elements, even getting to the game can be rewarding as you'll earn two times points at gas stations and EV charging stations. Go to usbank.com slash altitude go to learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth 200 bucks. If you spend a thousand dollars in the first 90 days of opening your account, score big with the US Bank Altitude Go Visa signature card. Visit usbank.com slash altitude to go to apply and live every day your way. Limited time offer to the creditor and issuer of this card's U.S. Bank National Association pursuant to a license from BCUSA Incorporated. Some restrictions may apply. Uh, all right, real quick, before we get to the gambling show, and we don't have to get into it because I will not, 
uh, I'd be checking my replies here. Demonze, you did for a moment. Was I correct that I was just instantly accused of the of the worst things anyone can be accused of? You look because I let me just before you even answer, let me explain to the audience. I'm looking at a monitor. The monitor shows what you guys are seeing, and then beneath it, it has three small boxes that has like a single camera on me, a single camera on Demonze, and then a middle box that can be whatever like graphics we have coming or whatever. So while I was talking and I said, check my replies, I saw Demonze go to his phone and then start looking, and I saw the look on your face, and you looked like legitimately furious and so i don't know but i'm assuming it was exactly what i assumed had happened correct a thousand percent it's uh and you gotta hold you can't reply like you can't say anything no you can't it's, it, can't reply there, can't say anything and it instantly and instantly yeah. s- just be like the go-to uh accusation is oh you're on the list. You're a part of it. The, this it's just thrown out right. there flippantly, like people used to say. Uh, the way people used to make fun of my nose is the way people will just go to this. It's really unbelievable. Okay, back to the regularly scheduled programming because hey, buddy, we're out here winning bets. We're out here giving out winners. We're out. Let's oh, you, you don't don't give a don't squint your brow. Three let's show two. week sixteen th- back to back weeks three and two. All right, so here it is. Uh, week 16, uh, a couple weeks ago, we gave out the picks on the air. Giants plus 12 at Philly, never a doubt. Detroit minus three at Minnesota, easy winner. Washington plus three at the Jets, we'll take it. Dallas plus a point and a half at Miami. They lose by two, but we we feel okay about it. Indy plus one at Atlanta. I on, I'll be honest with you, I don't remember anything about that game. From two weeks ago, Indy, Atlanta. I think Atlanta blew them out. I don't think I got unlucky there. That was a three and two week. Now, show me week 17. Week 17 picks. New England, plus 14 and a half at Buffalo. Turn the ball over four times in the first 20 minutes. Still cover easily. Arizona, plus 12 and a half at Philly. Win the game outright. Pittsburgh, plus four and a half at Seattle. Win the game outright. Outright. Tampa minus two and a half against New Orleans. I was on the wrong side of that. New Orleans controlled that game. And the Rams letting the Giants cover there was a shame. Giants had no business covering there. The Rams screwed around at the end of the game. And I just, that that one's a little frustrating if you ask me. Uh, But that's back-to-back three and two weeks. We are hitting our stride. So where is the record for the year? The record for the year is 40-43-2. and that means four and one, and we finish right at 500 for the regular season. The elusive, haven't hit it yet, <laughs> white whale of five and oh, and we finish <laughs> above 500 despite what was a very shaky start. I believe we can do it, Demonze. There's no way we're going to go the whole regular season without a single 5-0. and Week 18 is tricky because week 18, you have to consider not only who's playing, who's not. That's baked into the line. But what could incentives. happen? Yes. And could the incentives change during games? Could one team 
blowing out another team make this team more likely in a different game to sit players. You've got to do all of that, figure it all out in real time. So let's get right to it. First game, Demonze, that I have is what? You got Cleveland plus seven at Cincinnati. I love that. Okay. Okay, so here's the logic on this. First of all, I think Cincinnati is done. Now, obviously, they're eliminated. But I saw after they lost the Chiefs game, Jamar Chase gave an interview at his locker after he was shut down by Legereus Sneed, the single biggest snub of the Pro Bowl. Everyone's like, Josh Allen should have been a Pro Bowler. Legereus Sneed's going to be first-team all-pro corner, doesn't make the Pro Bowl. Give me a break. Um... After saying, essentially, or Jamar Chase, not essentially, saying, uh, yeah, I don't know what Snead's issue is. He clearly don't want to fight me. It's like, yeah, buddy. He's trying to win a division. You're trying to keep your playoff hopes alive. And then when he said that, T. Higgins started laughing with him. This is, the Cincinnati went into that game with the playoffs alive. They had to win to stay alive. Had they won, they'd be alive this weekend. They're playing the team that ended their season in this building less than a year ago. They had a 10-point lead. They lost, and after the game, the two best players on their offense are in such high spirits, they're laughing and giggling about fighting or not fighting the opposition. That tells me this team, in a meaningless Week 18 game against Cleveland, is not going to have the juice they need to cover seven points. I'm not sure how much Higgins or Chase will play. I know Cleveland and Jim Schwartz, they run the least creative defense in football. They basically just line up and play every single snap, which why does that matter? Because for your backups... It's the easiest scheme to insert a backup into. So you won't have the talent of the other guys, but like Steve Spagnolo's scheme, the Chiefs D coordinator, super complicated. And you saw in that Packers game, Demonze, when they were already without one linebacker, Nick Bolton, and then Drew Tranquil went down, and then the safety went down, and they're trying to do all these exotic blitzes and things they can't with backups. And they right, and they just got cooked because that's <laughs> right. a very complex defense. Cleveland is not that. Cleveland's just a plug and play essential defense. I'm getting seven points. I understand it's Jeff Driscoll playing quarterback or whoever the hell. I think it's Jeff Driscoll. I don't even know who the Browns. I, Jeff Driscoll's playing for somebody right now. Yeah, I don't care. And so Cleveland's locked into the five. Cincinnati's locked out. I'm getting seven points. I, Cleveland might win outright. They're certainly not getting blown out. Give me the full seven. I'll take Cleveland. Uh, this it, this game doesn't matter for Cleveland. Their spots are already secured. No, they they can't fall to the six. They can't move yeah, up. I to didn't the, know they can't win the playing. division. I it, well, <laughs> right, if I, he was playing, buddy, he wouldn't be getting. They wouldn't be getting seven points. Yeah, that's, that's what, if they that's were playing like, their starters. <laughs> yeah, if they were playing their starters. But so Miles won't play, Amari won't play, Flacco Copy. won't play. Will be the Cleveland backups. But I think Cincinnati's going to play some backups. You think Cincinnati's basically checked out? 
right. You checked out. One, two, three, Cancun. Absolutely. All right, All right next. Next, next you got New, New England minus one and a half uh, versus the Jets. Might be Belichick's last game ever as a Patriot head coach. He's not losing to the Jets for the first time in eight years. It's simple. The Patriots have beaten the Jets 15 straight times. Belichick despises the Jets. It could be his last game. He's not tanking. The Jets, meanwhile, they're going with Simeon again. And the Jets coaches know we're back next year because Aaron demanded it. So there is... They, they, they sneaky, would like a better draft pick. You think Belichick gives a damn about the draft pick when he might not be the one making it? This is a very, very simple uh, uh, math plus the added stuff. Salah's the worst coach in the last 20 years with extended rest. They last played on Thursday. I thought New England, listen, the turnovers were egregious. I thought their defense once again played excellent, all things considered, against Buffalo. There's pride here. It's Belichick's farewell. It's in Gillette. New England minus point and a half. Love it. Next. Uh, Detroit minus three and a half versus Minnesota. Okay, so Detroit is 95% locked in to the three seed. And Minnesota has to win to have a chance for the postseason. So in that regard, you would think this is, you know, a Minnesota spot. However, Detroit, the way Detroit moves up to the two line is if Dallas and Philly lose. I don't think that's going to happen, but they can't go into the game assuming it's impossible. So they're not going to rest golf. They're, you know what I mean? They're going to play at least their guys for the beginning of the game. I think Dan Campbell is so livid about last week that and Dan Campbell desperately does not want to go into the playoffs losing two in a row after having such a good season up to this point. I also think that the Vikings quarterback situation has turned full-blown disaster on them. And it's in Detroit. It will be a celebration for the fans at being able to, you know, Root, go into a game knowing our team won the division for the first home game that they've played in 30 years under those circumstances. Game. It's not. And so we saw last year Detroit in Week 18 pull out all the stops to beat Green Bay when that was a meaningless game for them. This is not quite meaningless, but it's Detroit at home against the Vikings quarterback situation, the three and a half. You feel a little squeamish about, but I don't mind it. I'll lay the three and a half. Nick Mullins, Jaron Hall, doesn't matter. The, the Vikings should have stuck with Josh Dobbs. They, I think they had too quick of a trigger there, and maybe they would be in a slightly better position. Detroit minus three and a half. All right, next. You got Giants plus five and a half versus Philly. All the home teams. Yeah, so, oh, that, well, except for Cleveland. Except for but your yeah, first Cleveland's one. Cleveland's in yeah. Cincinnati. Yep. So here's the Giants plus five and a half logic. It's not only that Dable, I think this team, you know, likes him and plays hard for him. We saw him play hard 
two weeks ago against the Giant against the Eagles, saw him play hard this week against the Rams. It's also that I think Dallas is going to get out to a quick, early, big lead against Washington. When that happens, Demonze, I think Philly pulls their guys. Jalen is banged up. Jalen is, you know, Devontae Smith is obviously hurt. I think that Philly is going to go into this game saying we're playing our starters. And if Dallas is up 17-3 on Washington, then all of a sudden this game becomes totally meaningless for Philly. If Dallas wins, Philly's the five seed no matter what. So I could see a scenario where Jalen Hurts is pulled and Marcus Mariota comes in. Is Mariota the backup there? I think he's the backup there. Uh, And you have Philly take their guys out while the Giants are still fighting. And because of that, this is kind of contingent on Dallas getting out to an early lead, but I believe they're playing Sam Howell because Jacoby Brissett's still hurt. I think Dallas does get out to an early lead, so the Giants... Uh, you know, uh, I'm sorry. So the Eagles lose motivation and start sitting their guys. Giants plus five and a half in a game. I think the Giants can win outright. Next, you got Miami plus three versus Buffalo. Yeah. So, uh, so here's where we're at on this. The Bills have not been good in night games. They've lost, I think, seven in a row. But that's not the rationale for this. The rationale for this is quite simple. I think Miami, even with the defensive injuries, is better than Buffalo. They're at home and they're getting three points. I also, oddly, if Pittsburgh and J- if Pittsburgh plays Saturday, if Pittsburgh loses, Buffalo's locked into the playoffs, okay? I don't think Pittsburgh's going to lose against the Baltimore backups, against Huntley and company. But if Pittsburgh does lose, I will no longer like this bet. If Buffalo goes into the game knowing, worst case scenario, we're in the playoffs as the 6 or the 7, best case, we win the division and can play free and easy, then I think Buffalo might win the game. But if if I'm right that Pittsburgh is going to beat Baltimore on Saturday and the Bills and Sean, now they also need, for this to be true, you also need Jacksonville to win Sunday, but Jacksonville's a favorite. They're playing the Titans. If Pittsburgh wins Saturday, Buffalo will go to bed Saturday night knowing it's probably win and we're the two seed, lose, and we're out of the playoffs entirely. And I don't think Buffalo's built for that type of pressure situation. I think that Buffalo, the last two weeks, has been a team ripe for a loss. I think Buffalo, if they have all this time leading up to the game, it's the final game of the regular season, and all of a sudden you have a Miami team that is desperate to stave off disaster for their season. Miami, last week, DeMonze, was playing to be the one seed. All of a sudden, if they lose this week, they're the sixth seed and they go to Kansas City in round one. And the media can say what they want about the Chiefs. I promise you, Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins did not anticipate that this year was going to start in the road at Arrowhead to start the postseason. So (laughs) Miami's got to have it. 
And and you can say, well, Buffalo's got to have it too if Pittsburgh wins. I don't think Buffalo's good in got to have it situations. And I think that Miami will put Jalen Ramsey on Diggs, try to frustrate Diggs early, and we are going to get before halftime. Coming out of commercial break on Sunday Night Football, Melissa Stark saying, here's what we saw on the sideline between Stephon Diggs and Josh (laughs) Allen. Uh, And I think it is on the board that this is Diggs' last game as a bill. And I like Miami in this spot. So for all those reasons, I like Miami. So my picks recap, Demonze, is Cleveland getting seven at Cincinnati. New England plus a point and a half at home against the Jets. Detroit minus three and a half at home against Minnesota. The Giants plus five and a half at home against Philly. Miami plus three at home against Buffalo. Uh, Do we have an offer this week? We do have an offer this week. Uh, We are calling this uh, the exactly what you ordered offer, week 18. Uh, So the Bills to miss the playoffs parlay. So that would mean the Jags, Steelers, and Dolphins all to win straight up at plus 435. Taking it. So I may or I may or may not make this bet right now though I'm telling you and I don't know if any of them watch but if you're a Bills fan I this is not my style but I can still recommend it make this bet If you're a diehard Bills fan just put a little bit on this because if you all of us you're going into this weekend thinking you're going to win the Super Bowl if you're a diehard Bills fan. We're going to beat Miami. We're going to be the two seed. We're going to get some nonsense team in round one. This is what Bills fans are thinking. We're going to get the, whoever the seven seed is in round one. We're going to wax them. Then Patrick Mahomes has to come to our building for the first time ever. We're going to beat them, and we are cooking with gas. That's what Bills fans are Wait, thinking. Wait, th- I didn't think. If, I thought if, you weren't a hedger. Thought you said no. I'm not. That correct. I said I wouldn't do this, but I think the for fans Bills heads. fans, yeah, the the I know that's where your head's at right now. It is going to be almost indescribable pain if Pittsburgh wins Saturday, Jacksonville wins Sunday at one. And then you guys lose to the Dolphins and you're out entirely. Mitigate that a bit by making this bet, Bills fans. Mitigate it just a bit. And if it doesn't come in, you're not going to be upset because your team's as your team's in the playoffs. Even if you lose, your team's still in the playoffs. So I strongly recommend that. Our we have a never-before-seen, never-before-done special year-in-review C-block involving one of our most famous and beloved viewers ever. That's next. What's right? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
All right, welcome back in. What's right with Nick Wright, episode 205. All right, Demonze, we have a special segment here. Go ahead and set it up for us if you would. Yeah, so a year ago, our friend Lloyd, Lloyd C. went on Jeopardy and gave you and kind of me a shout-out. And uh, we're going to replay okay. the shout-out for those viewing on YouTube. I love sports talk radio. Um, <laughs> my favorites are Nick Wright, and I just, I, you know, I do literary criticism, and I think what they do is sports criticism, and it's beautiful. I, uh, that made me so happy when that happened. Uh, the, yeah, it, was, you, it was really wonderful. Go ahead. Yeah, you called this one of the greatest moments of your life. Uh, so it's yeah. been exactly it's been exactly a year since this came out, and it's not too late for yep. a year in review. And so why okay. not combine the two with your lifelong dream of being on Jeopardy? Okay, we're going so, to then. Let's do it. Yeah. We're going to do what's right, Jeopardy. Let's go ahead, and I think Lloyd's involved. So go ahead and run the animation, please. Welcome to What's Right with Nick Wright Jeopardy. I'm your host, Ivy League professor, two-time Jeopardy champ, but most importantly, number one fan of What's Right with Nick Wright, Lloyd Seeps. With a new year underway, the producers and I wanted to check how much the two of you really know about the show and each other. Our categories today are overs and unders. There won't be any buzzers today. We'll just alternate, starting with Demonze. Starting with Demonze. Demonze. All right, sweet. Go ahead. Uh, I'll start. Can we? Can I go unders for a six hundred? We're going big. Oh, in twenty twenty three, we smart. spent under ten minutes in this part of the show. Baseball. Wait, what is baseball? Sorry. The correct answer what is, is golf? bonus time. God damn it! Oh, that was <laughs> oh bonus time. Because I went long on everything. Okay, that's yeah, pretty that's good. That's a good answer by Lloyd. I it, so, but my head was where yours was as well, Demonze. In that yeah, yeah, I, I like, thought. And by the way, I'm making an executive decision on the scores here, guys. We're not doing negative for wrong answers because since we have to answer the questions, and because I want to make sure that Demonze has money and I have money when we get to Final Jeopardy, we're not doing negative because you're only you should only do negative if you buzz in like I want to answer it. We're not doing that. All right, Demonze did exactly what my strategy was going to be, which is given the fact that we're alternating answers and questions, you got to make sure you have an opportunity to answer the high dollar amounts. So that was a heady play. So I'll go overs. For 600. In 2023, we spent over 20 hours in this part of the show. Over 20 hours in this part of the show. I mean, it's got to be the A block. It's got to be the A block. Oh, in this The correct answer is overtime. Oh, God. (laughs) Well, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say that is is in... I, it's fine. Twenty I, hours I'm is a gonna, lot of no, I, I believe that that is accurate. What I'm saying is there were more than one correct answers there. Right, we definitely exactly. spent more than one. We definitely spent more than twenty hours in the A block. Like I, the, I Lloyd, I don't blame you. I think the producers <laughs> set me up to fail a bit there. But Demonze, go ahead. I'm gonna go overs for four hundred. This season, Nick has been over the moon about this team, which he picked the most amount of times. Jeez. This uh oh, if it's football, it's gotta be the Cowboys. 
The, what is the, the correct Cowboys? answer is what the Jaguars. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, Demonte, we're not doing great here. I'll go unders 400. This season, Nick has underestimated this team the most, betting against them nine times. Nine times. All right, give me a second here. I got to think about this. I've gone against this team nine times. I'm going to take my time, and I'm not cheating, but what I am doing is looking at uh, a full, just the NFL standings, just so I can look at, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, what is the Buffalo Bills? I was going to, I was the correct answer is the 49ers. God dog it. Silence. All right, DeMonte, we don't know our own (laughs) show. This is, what are we going to do for Final Jeopardy? We both have zero dollars. Maybe we should have started with the easy ones. Go ahead. Your turn. Oh, all right. Uh, I'm going to go unders for 200. This season, DeMonze hit this type of bet under three times. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, thanks. Um, what are teasers? The correct what answer is teaser. teaser. <laughs> there you go. We finally got one right. All right, last on the board, overs for 200. In 2023, Nick DeMonze tweeted about this man over 80 times. I mean, the fact that it said Nick and DeMonze, it can only be possibly be three people. The Prince, the King, or Mahomes. I'm going to go with LeBron James. Who is LeBron James? No, Draymond? The correct answer is LeBron James. There we go. I wonder we what that ratio 200. was. Is that like 77 to 3 or what? He's like, I, yeah, well, who I don't knows? know how many LeBron right. tweets I had. Time now for Final Jeopardy. The score is 200 to 200. On this one, Demonze, we have to write down our wagers, which can be up to 200, and our answers, and then we will reveal it so okay go ahead i'm gonna do mine on here uh all right are we ready to play the final jeopardy questioning category let's do it's it time go. for final jeopardy today's category stars of the show lock in your wagers now my wager is locked in have you written down your wager to Monze? anywhere from oh, zero to, to 200 to 200 yep i've written down my yeah. wager all right this member of the Wright family was the featured member of the show's most watched YouTube clip in 2023. All right. I've got my answer. Okay, nobody can read that. What does yours say? Mine says granddaddy for 200. Oh, damn it. Mine says Deanna for 199. What's the answer? What's the The correct answer was Deora Wright. Oh, today's winner is so we're both game and good luck on another year of what's right. We're both wrong, but my wager strategy paid off. I, I left myself a dollar, so I'm the returning champion. What a moment. What a moment. I absolutely outfoxed you there. I knew you'd go big. I knew it. 
Now, I, if we both got okay, it right, yeah. I would have felt bad no, about it. Lie. That thing kind of frustrated me. Uh, yeah, me too. This, this whole thing is uh, kind of like, what's going on? Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, so the top clip of the show was when DeMonze got kicked off the show for Diora. So that was, was the, the first top one. Clip. Oh, no. Yeah, it was they, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was that. Um, well, how about that? One dollar. I move on was, to fight again next year. That was bad. We did terribly there. That was yeah. really bad. We both got Final Jeopardy <laughs> wrong. We only got the gimme questions right. We really did poorly. Thank you, Lloyd. That is really, and a shout out to our friend Lloyd. Thank you for that, Lloyd. Thank you to everyone who was watching. Appreciate you guys. Uh, do me one favor if you got to this point in the podcast. Don't argue with people in my mentions today. Don't, don't, it's not, it's not worth it for your own mental health. Let these people yell into the void and know that I'll never see it. Talk to you guys on Tuesday. See you later. What's right? Hey, it's Nick Wright. Thank you so much for watching. Please do us a favor. Click subscribe. It helps my ego. And Demonze's got a financial bonus writing on a number of YouTube subscribers. So help him out. And also, click the bell. I don't know what the bell does, but they tell me to tell you to click the bell. And your audio listeners, people that have commutes, drives, whatever it is, subscribe to the podcast as well, wherever you get the podcast. Same show, just, you know, just in your ears instead of through your eyes. All that. Check it out. Appreciate y'all.